Welcome to Frontier Feathers Farm Podcast. Join us as we take you through our journey starting a farm having no prior experience. We left the beach and traded our flip-flops for farm boots and decided to live in the country. We'll share with you our learnings, tips, and of course, all of our fails as we continue to grow and learn on our little farm. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Frontier Feathers Farm Podcast. On the last episode, we talked about relocating to the farm, our experiences getting there, um, and a lot of, and answered a lot of commonly asked questions. So this time around, we thought we'd give you a bit of context to what you heard last time, and, and we thought we would take you through a glimpse of what a day in the life of living on our new farm is exactly. So I've got my lovely wife here who is very quiet right now. Do you want to say hi? Hello. I'm waiting for the coffee to kick in. <laughs> okay. So I think to to maybe give some proper context to a day in the life, right now this is being recorded in November. So here it's, you know, uh, unlike contrasting weather in, in, um, in California, it's, it's mid-30s in the morning and it gets to about 40, 50s in the afternoon. It's actually really nice. And then it dips back down into the 30s. This creates lots of new challenges that we never really thought about. It would be on like, okay, we're going to have to have extra gloves and jackets to thinking like, okay, how are we going to winter prep animals? So the season really matters when you're working on the farm, we'll come to find out. Yeah. And, and for each season, there's there's different realities to how we approach our, our tasks each day. Obviously, when the snow comes, it's going to be even more challenging as far as getting water. To, it's already hard to get water to the animals. So I'm jumping ahead and we'll get there. So let's let's put a pin in that and we'll come back to it. But let's start with waking up in the dark. Because we are in a northern state, um, often here in, in fall and winter, you wake up and it's dark and the days are shorter. So by 5 p.m. it is once again dark. And then in contrast, in the summertime, you wake up in light and it can often be light outside till about 10 p.m., which is fantastic for a whole host of reasons that we're going to talk about in later in future gardening segments. But for right now, you got to get your stuff done before it turns pitch black. Otherwise, you're doing things with headlamps. Well, I feel like we often are doing things with headlamps. All the time. The days sneak up on you and you're doing chores in the dark, which is very interesting. <laughs> yeah. Well, think about this. When you come back from dinner... It's pitch black. Or soccer practice. And animals need to be tended to, and it doesn't matter if it's pitch black or not. You've got to take care of them. Which is something I want to talk about really quick, too, because people are like, where do you live exactly? Like, we live in the country, but we also have access to sports and soccer and all the extracurricular activities. And Target. Oh, thank God for Target. So we get to blend our life. So when our day in a life is not a typical farmer in the sense that we just remain on the farm, we are also blending in our daily activities that our kids um, enjoy. So that's it's been really nice having that flexibility. So let's take them through a day. Um, and, and you guys, so we'll just kind of ebb and flow here. Um, so you want to start off with how your day starts? 
Sure, yeah. Um, it's usually very quiet, which I love. It's Right now, it starts off dark, and there is a hot coffee in my hand very quickly, thanks to you and your French press. Um, and then we go and do the animals to make sure they have fresh water and fresh food and let the chickens out because uh, we – want and believe in our free-ranging of our chickens, um, so we let them out of their coop so they can forage and um, roam. So we're just immediately, I'm often running into the animal world, and then I come back in and make lunches and off to school, and then I usually have to go to some kind of feed store or something to replenish grain, um, and then you have to go back and check on the animals, uh, about, probably once in the afternoon short shortly and then uh, I work on a community project um, creating events and connecting people so I'll do a little bit of work there and um, then the kids come back into rotation and we are back out um, collecting eggs and tucking everybody back into their spot um, for nighttime so that's like an animal duty day um, when in the summer uh, my chores are lengthened by Working in the garden. Hold on. You left out a ton of stuff. <laughs> okay. Let me just roll it back a little bit here. Okay. We wake up. The dogs are barking already. And they're barking at the goats. And these are see, things they try to block out of my they mind. See these, they see the goats every day. But as soon as the sun comes up, they start barking at the goats. So we let the dogs out first so as to not upset the neighbors. So we have two crazy dogs that usually come and jump in our bed. Um, and they tend to be a little rambunctious. They get fed. Then we go into the next room over where we have two farm cats that are the most non-farm cats you've ever heard of. Oh, um, I feel bad about that because the deal about getting the cats was that they had their purpose to mouse and they are not doing their job at all. So explain what mousing is for those people that don't so live in the country. So we have rodents. And um, sometimes they're a little overwhelming and there's traps set and different things you try to do. But a, a very humane way is to have barn cats that can do that um, mousing for you and get your mice. And they like to leave little presents on your doorstep. And um, I was really looking forward to having them get my mice. And they've only done – they've only brought in two, I think, brought two. So – um, they are failing at their job, but they happen to be very lovable. So they're winning. They're wiggling their way into your heart, I think. Yeah, they're ending up being indoor cats instead <laughs> of outside doing what they're supposed to be doing. Um, okay, so that's the cats and the dogs. Now, we are working our way outside into our animal enclosure area, which is, let's call it 50, 60 yards away from our house. So right now, the farm is in a state of um, being winterized. And what that means is it gets so cold here that the irrigation lines on the property will actually freeze. And if there is water in the line, it will freeze up and burst. And we don't want that. So what everyone does around here is you get your lines blown out. And currently, our lines are, are, are all blown out and winterized. But the animals still need water every day. So, so it makes our life harder. A hundred times harder. Yeah. So um, we have what's called frost-free lines. Okay, now 
if those were on an independent line that were connected straight to our well and they were X amount of feet below the surface, we'd have water year round. And that's what most intelligent farmers do, not us. Um, <laughs> we somehow got these frost-free lines, strategically placed them where the animals were and where our garden area was, but somehow they got hooked into the irrigation line supply. Wait, so you're saying that it doesn't even matter that they're frost-free? They serve no purpose? Exactly. Okay. So our frost-free lines are hooked into our irrigation lines, which means they are absolutely useless in the winter. Didn't know that till about three weeks ago. Uh, So now how do we get water 50, 60 yards away? Well, um, we take an outdoor spigot and turn that on and I fill up like the five gallon jugs of arrowhead water and I hoof it uh, across the yard, um, which is fine right now. But when there's snow on the ground, that's obviously going to be even a little more challenging. Um, And now we have a, a separate pasture for goats. So that's even further away. So the water situation for the animals is, um, yeah, I just, I don't want you to glaze over these things that are like, you guys go out and feed the goats and get them water and the chickens water. No, it's a pain in the ass. (laughs) So I'm just on autopilot. Yeah. So you think we're going into detail. So we, and then the chickens have their own separate feed. The pigs have their own separate feed, which is connected to electricity, uh, like on a heat plate. So not the feed, the water. Oh, did I, yeah. yeah. The, well, it's a, yeah, it's a water. Thank you. Yeah. I forgot to mention that too. <laughs> if the, if the water does not have a heat element to it, uh, it freezes up solid overnight, which obviously means you have to completely change out their water every day. So some of them are connected to electricity and some of them are not. We don't have power run through the whole, through the whole farm. It's super, super expensive to do that. Um, so I find myself taking the backside of my boot off in time. And right now you can crack through the ice and that works for the goats, but the chickens kind of get refreshed water every day. So now we move on. So the chickens have been let out, right? They're free ranging. The goats are in a separate pasture. Thank God. Yeah, they're... I mean, I imagine this harmonious thing happening with all the animals living together, and it just didn't really work out that way. There's definitely hierarchy within their little ecosystems, and um, the goats were quite mean to the pigs, so we had to – he got the boot. Yeah. So the good news is they can – pigs, goats, chickens, they can all sort of live harmoniously together. It just makes the feeding schedule and um, the logistics of feeding animals together – unless they're all separately penned, very difficult. And obviously the alphas tend to get the most food and it's much easier now that the goats have their own pasture. Well, yeah, and they try to eat food that um, is not healthy for them. They really like chicken food and um, that can cause all sorts of problems in their digestive tract. So um, that's why they are much happier in their own and pasture. We're going to talk about Super fun and interesting subjects like goat feeding and chicken feeding in later episodes. So stay tuned for those. <laughs> but so, you know, so on to the chores because they're not done. Uh, we got to go. So we talked about the water. Now the, alf- the goats need uh, a sampling of alfalfa almost every day in addition to what they eat. And orchard grass. That was something new that I learned, that there's all these different species of grasses. Well, they get fat on the alfalfa grass because it's, like, <laughs> it's like dessert and then they pick through the things that they want and it just kind of fattens them up. But yeah. Right. So 
Um, I th- okay, so I think that that gives you an idea. Um, we'll usually go, you know, into the shed and straighten that up uh, before we even go in the house. So again, it's you know, the kids are not even awake yet, and this has already all transpired. I think that's important to to point out. And again, it's like it doesn't matter if it's if it's midweek or a Sunday or you want to sleep in or whatever. Um, you now these things need to get done before the before the the kids even come down, and then they. You know, they have their needs. These these animals all need to be taken care of. So we try to knock the that out first. The kids' animals or the animals' animals? No. <laughs> but I have a question for you. Is is it a daunting chore or is the rewarding aspect of it like outweigh the, the chore part of it um, for what's, you? What is the reward oh my with gosh. the goats, really? Like what do they do? They just pee and poop freely. <sighs> I don't know about the rule. We're not making goat cheese yet. Well, yet. We're going to, we're working on that. Yeah. But I love watching the goats and interacting with them and observing them and having that. And now hopefully breeding them. Right. We've got a a buck is on our property. So that might be cool. Yeah. But we're going to talk about that in the goat episode. So we're not going to get ahead. But keeping them alive and nurturing them and learning about them is very rewarding to me. And that, I mean, so even though they do require, you know, attention, a lot of attention, I think what I've learned um, has outweighed the hard parts. Yeah. And listen, it, yeah, we're, we're making light. None of this is particularly hard work. It's not real manual labor. Um, of course, there are days when Mel has to clean the chicken coop, which is really kind of a horror story. Um, and there's, you know, animals make waste and the pigs are a little bit disgusting too but um, <laughs> but they're neat in their own way they they do not um poop anywhere near where they sleep or where they eat so they have they potty train themselves into like a corner so um pigs are really smart by the way <laughs> so i think we should transition that into what you and i often laugh about which is the things we never thought that we would say Oh my gosh! I mean, there's so many things. Um, what I, the, the one thing that always comes to my mind is when um, we were in our laundry room, which, by the way, over the past year has become um, the triage, the animal triage center. Yeah, I mean, it's been a nursery. It's been um, like quarantine area, and it's where all things come to heal. <laughs> Is in our laundry room. And I remember standing there one night. We had a chicken who was egg-bound, which means her egg is stuck. It just cannot come out. And they become very lethargic, and it's very painful. And so um, it can be detrimental to their health and um, if it's not tended to. So um, good old YouTube going um, to, <laughs> to try to find out how to fix it. And the next thing I know, I have this chicken in the laundry room. And I'm looking at you, and I'm like, where's the vent? Where is this chicken vent? And you're going, what? what? We just both started laughing hysterically because how did we get to this point? So a vent is where the egg comes out. And um, I'll tell you in the chicken episode um, what we did to actually help this chicken become un-egg bound. But it's moments like that where you're just, you're in it and you're trying to save this chicken's life. And you have to step back and go, oh my gosh. How did we get to here? But it was such a natural progression. 
you got these animals to take care of and you're going to do everything you can to keep them healthy. Yes. And what was the what was the thing about goats that we never thought we would say? Aside from never ever thinking we would have goats. <laughs> um well, okay, so I learned um that they need a manicure about every 6 months. Those goats um their hooves need to be trimmed and um that requires usually two people because it's easier if you flip the goat over. So I think when um, you looked at me and you're like, okay, are you ready to flip the goat over? Just had one of those like, wait, what did you just say? <laughs> so yeah, she's like, come on out to the animal enclosure. I need some help today. So I come <laughs> out there and she's like, hey, okay, I want you to flip Marilyn over, which is our goat that um, has horns, uh, full on horns. And I was like, um, Okay, sure. Now, trying to flip a goat over on its own, just think about the visual of that. Uh, it, it's not as easy as you may think. Uh, these animals don't want to be flipped over. Uh, they don't know what you're doing. They think you're trying to harm them. And it, we actually caught something on video. We were trying to flip a goat over uh, to do some nail trimming, uh, and we actually caught a, a very funny— Epic fail. Epic. Complete epic fail that we're going to be sharing on Instagram uh, gotta, when we launch the goat episode. You got to check it out. Not staged. We had the camera down. I don't know. Why were we? Because. Why are we trying to film it? What are I we doing? was trying to um, show my girlfriend, hey, I learned how to trim goat hooves. And so let me like just send you this video really quick so you can do it to your goats. And um, yeah, couldn't have been farther than that. Yeah, so stay tuned for outcome. that one. So I think that wraps up a day in the life. There's much more. Again, as the seasons change, um, each episode we're going to bring you is going to, you know, spring and summer both have their own set of circumstances, which are very different than a fall holiday scenario that we deal with on a daily. I would say, in fact, spring, summer around the farm is a lot more work because now you're talking about tending to, um, you know, gardening and the orchard and the amount of lawn care and fighting back the weeds and all sorts of other kinds of things that present themselves. We don't sit um, down until like 10 p.m. in the summertime. Yeah, and, and but it's a really fun time. I mean, it's a really, you know, to yeah, go out and eat dinner at 8 o'clock at night in the garden is kind of awesome. And we're all doing it together. The kids are much more willing to be outside working when it's warmer, too. So... That will conclude this episode. Thank you guys for tuning in. If you like what you hear, please uh, check into the podcast on TuneIn, Stitcher, Google Play, iTunes, and of course, our website, um, which is frontierfeathers.com. All right, guys. We'll catch you next time.